Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. There's been a significant amount of interest lately on artist estates. We've seen artists pass away, and then their estates get picked up by major galleries, or we see museum curators begin to focus on these artists for acquisitions or even exhibitions, and sometimes we see artists start to perform very well at auction after they pass away. And it got us thinking about artist estates, wondering how exactly they're run, why some are better managed than others, and what can a living artist actually do to ensure their estate runs smoothly? These are some questions that we think are important, but really aren't discussed with regularity. So in this week's episode of the podcast, we chat with Jessica Carlisle, Managing Director of Art Estate, a company that advises artists and artist estates on, well, artist estates. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Jessica, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. I think there are a lot of interesting areas relating to artists and artist estates. They dictate a lot of the ways in which the art world operates, but not a lot of people are aware of the intricacies around estates and how exactly they work. So to kick things off, tell us who generally manages an artist estate? Okay, so I'm actually going to start by just thinking about that phrase artist estate, because there can be a lot of um, confusion in how it's used colloquially um, compared to what it means legally. Um, so for the purpose of this conversation, how we think of an artist estate, it is all the artworks by that artist that are owned by the artist at the date of their death. So basically the contents of their studio that passes down to their heirs. Um, and that can include unfinished work, preparatory work. It can include archival um, materials such as um, correspondence, journals. So um, that is separate from the rest of the artist's estate, which would be it's his, you know, his or her um, property or private possessions. Um, and generally um, they're run by private individuals, but the overwhelming majority, and that is family members, next of kin, essentially the people who inherit the artwork. And they may do so by a, by a trust or a company, but it's those people who are sort of at the helm and they might um, work alongside a gallery or um, have an in-house sort of like um, advisor or curator, but usually it's the family members who are um, overseeing the management of the, the estate. I mean, you do get um, high ranking artists, you know, we all know the Donald Judd Foundation, the Andy Warhol Foundation, Henry Moore Institute, I mean, you can name millions, you know, who are, um, once a hard artist gets to a certain rank, then um, they are run by an independent, um, you know, corporate entity, so it could be a, a company, a foundation, a trust. Um, uh, so the thing, it, it, I guess there are a million um, different structures um, depending on on the artists and the circumstances um, and the money. So there's no one size fits all. Um, <clears throat> but usually it's um, family members next to kin who are sort of overseeing things after the artist died. Yeah, that all makes sense. And 
So what are some of the most important decisions an estate usually has to make relating to the artist who's passed away, as well as their market after the artist dies? I think the first thing that happens is information gathering. You know, after an artist dies, actually, what, what is in the artist's estate? So cataloging is, is the first most important thing. But the next thing is, is really devising a strategy for the estate. Um, in terms of managing an estate, I mean, I guess you, there's, um, there are all sorts of things to consider there. Uh, you know, just there's buying, there's selling, there's restoration, there's publications, doing a catalogue resume, there's um, managing intellectual property, um, there's institutional gifting. It, there's a whole sort of remit of things that an estate um, will do. But in order to sort of what will inform all of those um, decisions is, is the strategy. And the strategy is, um, I guess it goes back, ideally, the artist should leave instructions for like what they want to happen to their work um you know do they want to um prioritize um institutional gifting would they be happy if just the estate was just to the estate's task was to put everything into public collections and, and call it a day there or you know is it that the heirs like well we want our we want money you know let's just let's just see how we can get the prices up as high as possible and you know really focus on the market um it could be that um there's a charitable purpose um and the other thing that people don't often think about is there's often a time frame as well some estates just have a five-year plan or a 10-year plan and then they sort of like you know wrap it up and others sort of continue in perpetuity so so basically there needs to be a strategy and this is sort of what i'm saying one size doesn't fit all there are sort of um so many criteria out there and also it can change as well that's a really interesting thing you know you can have an artist who's got no critical or commercial success who's then scooped up at a later date um and so um you know it, it's not necessarily a fixed thing either which is um particularly what we're finding at the moment with the market with so many well, with the states, every every gallery looking for, you know, that that dream estate, which is sort of you know treasure trove, a studio full of undiscovered masterpieces. Um, so, so yeah, it's an interesting field. Yeah, and it feels like lately a lot of galleries are focusing on artists who were perhaps underappreciated when they were living and signing the estate after the artist passes away. And so, when a gallery does decide to represent an estate. I think something that perhaps isn't so obvious is that these estates can really vary in terms of how much art is in them, what artworks specifically still remain in the estate, are there important artworks there, or, or is it just kind of leftover artworks that aren't deemed as important? Um, there's a lot there to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess these galleries, when they find an estate, they don't want an estate that's been completely depleted of uh, all the best work. Uh, they also don't want an estate that's in. Um, a legal wrangle um, where ownership is unclear and um, you know you've got people fighting over things so um, or um, stuff isn't in good condition so I mean it's sort of there are only some estates that are going to be of interest to to galleries I mean a cynic could say that galleries like uh, estates because it's like a finite amount isn't it and I guess no artist liaison to deal with but you know um it's uh yeah I I think um I think there are definitely things that artists can do 
in their lifetime to ensure that their estate is, or their oeuvre is given the best chance of, of, of a life after the artist's death. And that is, you know, putting, putting the house in order, really. And I imagine that because you're engaging with so many artist estates that certain issues or problems or conflicts arise regularly, what would you say are some of the most common dilemmas that you see artist estates facing that perhaps could have been avoided? Well, most of them arise when the artist hasn't made any plans. Um, I mean, quite often an artist will die with a will, but the will won't really say anything about what should happen to their artwork. So therefore there's confusion and... um, Quite, quite, the most common thing really is 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 those who appreciate the work and see the value in sort of maintaining the the integrity of their work and the reputation of the artist, which is is it's a long game um, versus the competing interest of beneficiaries who who want their money, um, who might not understand the art market and can't understand why everything can't just be sold off upfront. Um, so yeah, I guess sometimes it happens that the people who inherit just, you know, they just might just put everything into auction just to liquidize and get their and get their inheritance. Um, but that does no favors for the artist's legacy because then everything is dispersed and there's nobody, you know, nobody at the helm looking after um, whose role it is to, you know, look after the artist's oeuvre. So I, I would say that's probably the most common and, and really kind of the saddest outcome um and one that we our state itself is trying to sort of avoid that happening um but the other the 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 mess that some artists get into is you know posthumous editions i guess another area um where the artist dies with incomplete editions and not clear instructions what whether those editions should be completed um and then having unauthorized editions made posthumous Posthumously, that can be quite a sort of scandalous area and can, you know, um, cause the market to sort of lose confidence in, in, um, in the artist's work. And that can do lots of damage to the, to the artist's prices. And I'm sure you know all about that. Definitely. Um, mm, so, um, so really, but it, what it all boils down to really is just not sufficient planning. And, and not um, putting, making clear instructions and, um, and then just, you know, a breeding ground for, for disagreement. Um, so, I mean, it was Picasso famously who, who didn't leave Will. He just said, well, they'll we'll just figure it out after I've gone. She was like, typically arrogant. <laughs> and, uh, and look what happened, you know, I mean, he might have been all right with that result. I don't know. But you know, years and years and years of wrangling. And I don't know what the legal bill was at the end. But, you know, there's some answers who might say, okay, that's, um, you know, I'll, I'll just leave it to posterity. But um, it's a bit of a gamble. And certainly, that's not an approach that we would, we would advise. Yeah, when I hear that, I certainly would not want to leave that kind of mess or burden, really, to my family members, to my children, to have to sort that out. That must be really tough. It's, it's really tough, yeah. And a lot of our clients come to us and they're, you know, they, 
they've been this has been on their mind for a while they're like I'm really worried what happens you know I don't want this to be a massive burden for my family after I die and that that can be quite an incentive there's also the flip side though where we have some clients who who don't have anyone they don't have a partner they don't have any children they don't have any family and they're sort of nowhere obvious for the work to go which is another interesting sort of thing so I mean everybody's got different situations yeah so tell us a little bit more about Art Estate, what you do exactly, how do you work with your clients to either help them prepare for their estate or how you work with already existing estates? We're based in the UK and I should preface everything with that because um, that is currently our remit. Um, uh, so we're UK based, um, we're about a year old. Um, so Austin came about basically through um, a group of professionals, like lawyers, accountants, art market professionals, who, who'd all at various stages in their career come across, you know, an artist's estate in a mess. Um, and seen that usually it was pretty avoidable if only appropriate measures had been taken. And they, uh, so they kind of had a bit of a brainstorm all together and thought, well, what can we do? Um, and, you know, realise that there's nowhere, there's no one place for um, an artist to go who's thinking about their legacy. I mean, they can go to a solicitor about all their general estate, but most solicitors wouldn't have that sort of niche knowledge about the art world. Um, so I, I think it was quite philanthropic, really. They sort of just thought they would set up art estate and see if it filled that that gap in the market and and it, it, i'm glad to say it's, it's, it seems to be a real demand because um people haven't really known where to go um i mean we're, we're not a law firm um we're not an accountancy firm you know we are an independent organization um but i like to think of us sort of like a huge network so our state sort of sits in the middle of this web and when our clients come to us we we give a sort of overview of their whole practice and usually also their personal life, their professional life, their financial um, situation and sort of identify which areas might need support, not just, um, you know, for their, for their future and their legacy, but also for the efficient running of their, of their practice. Um, and if they need um, an art lawyer, we can refer an art lawyer. Um, if they need an archivist, we can help with an archivist. I mean, some of this, this stuff we would do in-house and other and where we can't do it in-house, we have a sort of this network of associates um, that we can refer the artists to. But the idea is that everything is overseen in this central place, which is our state. So everything is integrated and all art specialists, you, you know, they, they have an in-depth working of the art world and are all sort of top of their game. Um, and, um, and the model is such that we have quite high profile artists and we also have less high profile artists. And um, every situation will have, you know, you know, is will have its own structure, its own solutions. Um, you know, because what might work for one person might not for the next. And I've already touched on that some people have family and some people don't, you know. And so we look, look at each individual on a case-by-case -case basis and come up with a sort of strategy and, and advice roadmap for, for what, what they need to do. I think it's a very relevant topic. And 
Honestly, all living artists should be thinking about this to some extent. So we have a lot of artists who listen to the podcast. Some are early in their career, but others are at more advanced stages. I was wondering if you could share some basic advice or even offer some steps that living artists should be taking to ensure that they have a properly set up estate. <laughs> uh, well, it's always the most unpopular thing <laughs> to say to any artist, but it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's cataloging and, you know, organization. It's just like so important to like to reduce your workload going forward. And for those who are, you know, managing your estate in the future, it's just making sure you've got a good record of all the work you're producing and um, what's sold, when it's sold, where it's sold, ideally where it's gone, uh, what it's sold for, um, uh, making sure that it's sort of professionally photographed before it's out of your possession. Um, And I think increasingly artists do have that um, information because, you know, the contemporary art world is so sort of professionalized these days that I think you know, art schools are always drumming this in about good studio practice to the students, but certainly a lot of the older artists that we work with, that wasn't anything they that was sort of really, you know, advised when they were young. So they've sort of got good recent records, but, you know, barely anything from the start of their career. Um, so I would, I would say that's really, really, really critical. Um, but I guess a separate point would also be, I think artists get to a certain time in their life where they start thinking about this. And, and I think I think they need to, that's exactly it. They need to give it thought. They need to think about what they want to happen to their work and discuss it with the family. And if they want the family to take it over, they need to involve the family. And so uh, I'm going to use that awful phrase, smooth transition, <laughs> but you know, um, if, if, if the artist's got a partner or children who are already very familiar with the, with the artist's practice, that's, you know, that's so much better than just somebody inheriting something sort of blind and not having a clue. Um, so, um, yeah, those would probably be the two takeaways, I would say. Jessica, thanks so much again for coming out of the podcast and sharing some important information relating to artist estates. It's a field that, again, I think is very important, but isn't covered enough. And if our listeners want to learn more about art estate, where can they visit? Uh, it's artestate, A-R-T-I-S-T-A-T-E dot co dot UK. Perfect. Thanks again, Jessica. Thank you for having me.